And now, ladies and gentlemen, if you would, please welcome to the ice the members of the 2016 NCAA National Champions from the University of North Dakota. Welcome back to the Hasbands, presented by 10K Takes, brought to you always by the Chill Boys. And you can go on www.chillboys.com, and listeners, you can type in HB15 to get 15% off your first order from the Chill Boys. Get your underwear, socks, made out of bamboo. This week, we've got a very special guest, Jack McNeely, coming from Lakeville, North uh, Minnesota here. He also played his D1 college hockey at Mankato or Minnesota State, whatever you want to say. They're the Mavericks. He's played on some juggernauts, won a state title, won a Clark Cup, played on some really good college teams. Um, just a really, really special guest we've got on this week. Thanks for joining us, Jack. Yeah, thanks for having me, fellas. Big uh, big fan of the show. So Long-time listener. Let's get into our... Uh, Let's get into our weekend recap here, brought to you by Beauty Status. And folks, Beauty Status is an authentic Minnesota hockey brand. Just, you know, original stuff, t-shirts, head covers, stickers for the man cave, flags, polos. They've got it all. Good Minnesota hockey stuff for all the fans out there. Go and check out Beauty Status um, on all socials. Their website is www.beautystatushky.com. Uh, Ols, what did you get up to on the weekend? Yeah, I was. Uh, we we recorded late last week, so you heard a little bit about it last episode. But I was up in Duluth until Friday uh, for my parents and family Thanksgiving, and then we came back down here and and spent some time with uh, the fiance's family as well. So we kind of double dipped on the family Thanksgivings, a ton of Turkey, a lot of food. Um, We had that Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and a little sneak peek into a a lunch on Monday. So um, I'm kind of all Thanksgiving dope, but uh, overall it was a great weekend. What do you, what are you hanging your hat on? You know, what was the best thing you ate? You know what? I'm not going to lie to you guys. I, I had, so I was pissed that I wasn't going to be able to have stuffing this year and Shelby's family got me some gluten-free stuffing and it tasted exactly the same. So really? just the, just the fact that that was what happened was all time. Cause I had my own little segment of stuffing that I got to stuff my face with. Yeah. That's huge. Uh, Mace, what'd you get up to? Uh, so on Friday uh, we did, Thanksgiving dinner with uh, one of the sides of my family. That was fun to see everyone. Um, and I'm not going to lie, I can't really remember what I did Saturday. Uh, I just got off must, work. so Must must have been a good night. <laughs> yeah. I think we drank or something, something along those lines, went to a bar. But, yeah, it was a good weekend. Then Sunday, watch football all day. Respect. Yeah. Niels, what did you get up to this weekend? Yeah, kind of the same deal for me. Uh my first Thanksgiving home since high school. So it was kind of nice to experience the Wednesday night before Thanksgiving, a lot of call or high school and friends in the area fly home for the weekend. So it was just fun to see them and spend time with friends and family. So it was a great weekend. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be the biggest go night of the year. I think it actually <laughs> statistically, I think it is um, the biggest go night of the year. Um, 
the night before Thanksgiving. So, you know, salute to that. Cheers to that. Hell of a night. Um, yeah, I uh, ended up going out to Boston again to visit my girlfriend this time. You know, it was an all-expense-paid trip from the parents, her parents, um, absolute legends. You know, they they picked up the tab everywhere we went, which was great. You know, we had, we had uh, Thanksgiving meal at, like, a restaurant, which is awkward, but uh, it was unbelievable, you know. We got uh, – so you go in – and you just pay a certain price. You each get one appetizer, one entree, and one dessert. I get shrimp for my appetizer. And the place we go, like, the chef, he's a good fucking chef. Like, he knows how to cook. Yeah, the local so, VFW. Yeah. <laughs> so, I go to this. I get shrimp, and they bring me out um, some clams. Or what? What oysters. Sorry, oysters. So, they bring me out some oysters, and I'm like, I don't know. I've never ate oysters before, but here we go. <laughs> so I try these oysters and uh, real salty, but they were they're unbelievable. I was I was a big fan. So now I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to try some oysters from other places. I think just to uh, you know kind of compare with what I had there. Aren't aren't, um, o- aren't oysters nature's aphrodisiac? Isn't that a power move? Eating that with your girlfriend's family around? Yeah, I think it is. Well, yeah, got got the blood flowing downstairs a little bit. I don't know if it does anything to testosterone levels, but uh, yeah, definitely definitely got me fired up after I slurped those oysters down. Uh, no, but yeah, then we had a you know, Gabby had my girlfriend had uh, some games after. Went to those, you know, she was kind of out of the picture the whole weekend, so it was just me and the parents, and uh, you know, we're just sitting there every like Friday. I think you know, Gabby's got practice at nine, so. We get breakfast and then we're like, ah, where do we go? We don't have her keys. She's at practice. Ah, we might as well go to this bar. So we head to this bar at like noon, noon o'clock, and uh, you know, we all order our first our first beer there. And we ended up not leaving that that bar or that seat until uh, about seven thirty at night. So <laughs> we absolutely we absolutely pulled out the the anchor there and tied her around the fucking bar and bellied up. It was unbelievable. Um, so yeah, I just got some, got some good time spending there, spending some time with them. And, uh, Gabby played Dartmouth. They, they lost the first night and then, which they should have won. And then they go to Dartmouth on Sunday, they get outshot 56 to like 21 and they win two, nothing 56 shaved, save shutout. It was unbelievable. I mean, I couldn't believe it. And there was, I mean, have you ever seen a 56 save shutout? It reminds me of, uh, of lions back in the day for, uh, Lake of the woods, but every night. (laughs) (laughs) I remember we'd play that in high school and we'd put up 70 shots and win one, nothing. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, that was, uh, that was my weekend. It was a great weekend. And then obviously it was, uh, it was fun. It was great to watch the Vikings win on Thursday there. Obviously um, primetime Kirk shows up, which is crazy. doesn't happen too often, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Vikes back to nine and two big deal for all of us. Um, crossing the fingers, but uh, yeah, that'll, that'll do it for a weekend recap. Let's move on to the fun stuff here by butter golf. Let's start off with our college hockey recap and predictions here. I think last week our predictions um, 
probably not going to look too good. There was a lot of, you know, I think we we did the Michigan Tech Mankato series there, a win and a tie, and then the Michigan series was a win and a tie as well. I don't know what we said about those games, but like Mace, did you get any of those right? I remember you called a tie in one of those. Uh, I'd have to look. I don't know off the top of my head. The I think Veach is our guy that, that counts the points and throws out that graphic for us. But I, I do think Mace grabbed a two-pointer. I mean, if we if we look into like the shootout results, I, there's got to be some better way to do the rankings. Otherwise, we're going to go four and 400. That's what I'm year. saying. It's it's ridiculous. And um, so, so Niels, we actually, last week, we, we fantasy drafted um, – a little team from the Thanksgiving day games and the loser uh, pretty much gives up their Instagram profile to the other two to, to pick up posts that they can post whatever they want. <laughs> and uh, Mace ended up losing. So also looks like we've got some planning to do. What are we going to post there? I don't know. I might add some Photoshop, you know, do some, do some good things. I don't know. <laughs> And I, in in all time, I've I've never heard of that before, but I I love it. I love that Mace just hands over the the account, and we just pick a picture and go with it. I think that's incredible. We get I think we get caption rights too. So, oh yeah, know. for sure. <laughs> I'm definitely uh, nervous to see what you guys post. <laughs> I definitely uh, told my parents like, hey, if you see something crazy on my Instagram <laughs> in the next week, uh, it's not me. <laughs> I promise. It's funny. It's, it's funny you guys say that because when a bunch of my high school buddies when we golf in the summer, the loser or the losing team or whatever it is has to, we'll always do Snapchat stories. So you'll like take over the Snapchat and you get basically take like a selfie and we get to post whatever we want on there. And we had a good oh, one yeah. of one of my high school buddies last year about like this long message on Snapchat about his like life changes and stuff. And like he had like 50 texts on there like, hey, are you doing all right? Like, oh, it was, it was hilarious. No. So you guys have to think of something good. <laughs> people just checking in and it was just oh no yeah Yeah, i might have to go like how to make a million bucks in two weeks (laughs) just post some ridiculous stuff on me there are no rules you guys can literally post whatever you want i do not give a fuck yeah i promise i'll i promise we won't choose anything that'll get you fired or anything but uh it's definitely not going to be one you're going to want on the account i think (laughs) Well, yeah, we've got that, but let's get into our predictions here. We'll start off the first series, Arizona State at Denver, and we picked the series because obviously Arizona State's taking down some whales in college hockey right now, and they're kind of on a roll. They're heading into Denver, possibly one of the toughest places to play in the nation with the altitude and the team they have this year. What do you guys think? Niels, do you want to go first? Is it in Denver, you said? Yeah. In Denver. I'm going to go Denver sweep. I think, yeah, I mean, a lot of respect for that program, obviously defending national champions and they're having a great start to the year. So it's hard to bet against them. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll go second. I'm just going to follow suit there. Denver's an awful place to play. Um, the elevation's just brutal. I don't know. Arizona, what's Arizona state? Don't they, are they, uh, up in the- I mean, they're a little, I think they got a little elevation there, but uh, it's nothing compared to the mile house city. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go Denver sweep as well. 
Yeah, I'm going to piggyback off you guys there, and I think there's no way Arizona State's taking one away from Denver at Magnus. Uh, sweep for Denver for sure. I, nothing against Arizona State. I like what they're doing. It's kind of scaring me because it's like I saw their rink, Mullet Arena, just absolutely jamming when they beat the Ghosts in overtime last weekend. I mean, they, they, they're going to be a juggernaut soon. That's like a new uh, Penn State entering the league. You know, Penn yeah. State's got the Roar Zone, and now you got AZ, and it's like – I could go play in front of, you know, a packed house and also head to a pool party after the game. Sounds pretty good. You, Mace, Mace uh, what do you got? Um, I mean, I think I've got to go Denver sweep. I don't think ASU takes one. I wanted to say Denver win and tie, but I just don't think that's possible, especially being in Denver. You know, I'll, I'll switch up my answer then. I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go sweep. Or, uh, sorry, a split. Uh, just because then we don't have all four people going the same thing. And okay. so I'll bite the bullet, even though I know Denver's going to sweep. Yeah. Well, you know, there's no, there's always a chance. But after watching Denver at North Dakota, um, and then the next weekend I see Miami come to town and I see the difference in those teams, I was like, oh, my God, Denver is unbelievable. Compared to Miami coming in, I was like, holy shit. It's like watching an NHL team next to the Utah Grizzlies. <laughs> uh, all right, next series here, let's go to Nodak at St. Cloud. I, I guess I can start us off here. Um, I'm going to go split. I'm just, I'm really hoping Nodak can squeak one out. One of these nights, Friday, Saturday, I don't care. Pull the black unis out Saturday. If you lose Friday, try to get one, try to, try to squeak one out there. I don't know, but St. Cloud's a tough place to play with the Olympic size sheet. They got a power play that's always lethal, even though North Dakota's, uh, I think their power play is clicking at 31% right now, which is insane. Yeah, that's nasty. I think every time, I think every year I played there, the highest their power play was ever at during the season was like 21%. Um, I never played on the power play just so everyone knows, but uh, yeah, that's all we got to was 21%. I don't know. I can't say what we would have been to if I would have played, but 21% without me. So I was, I was net front. So that's probably the reason why we were 21%. (laughs) 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 Neil, what do you think? I'm going to go, uh, St. Cloud sweep also. I've played at that rink a few times, a big, big sheet up in St. Cloud. I um, think it's going to be two close games, but um, I saw St. Cloud swept uh, Minnesota State a few weeks back too. And that's the first time Mankato's gotten sw- swept in six years. So obviously they got something going in St. Cloud. Ooh, so, wow. Um, what a stat. Yeah. I love that stat you just brought up. That's unreal. Yeah, that's yep. what we need right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Knowing that stat, even though it has zero relevance to this series this weekend, I'm also going to go St. Cloud Sweep because this guy, <laughs> this guy knows what he's talking about right now, and I'm following I'm gonna, him. I'm going to bring that up in episodes to follow for sure. Like, I mean, that was the first time they've been swept in six years. <laughs> I'm sorry, second time. Second time. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. 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 We'll take it either way. That's, that's still pretty good for. Uh, <laughs> That's still pretty good for Minnesota State. Uh, whenever you get swept, that is a gut punch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, for my prediction, um, I'm going to go St. Cloud wins and then tie on Saturday. I don't think they're going to get the sweep. Nodak comes out with the business suits on Saturday, makes a statement, pushes a toe tee. It'd be absolutely devastating if North Dakota got swept for North Dakota fans. It would, would be, be burn the bridges, burn, burn Barry. It would be awful. It was tough if, not seeing him in the top twenty this week. Yeah, I think oh. if they get, sw- I think if they get swept, that's season. Yeah, unless, unless it, some, yeah, unless something miraculous happens, I guess I don't know, but yeah, must win weekend for those boys. Um, what's we'll uh, what's go been ahead. the issue with the North Dakota squad this year? I, mean, I watched the Minnesota games, but I mean, obviously powerhouse program. Like, what do you guys think? Goal t- is goal. I mean, their goaltending was great against Minnesota, but I haven't really watched a lot of their games. It, but it's just surprising to see them not win as yeah. much. I guess. Yeah, it's. Uh, I guess I, I'll I'll talk just because I've seen a few more of their games that I think uh, Olser Mace has this year. But um, so, I guess there's not really a, anything in particular I can think about, you know, their special teams have been really good. Their power kit, their power, their power play, I think is either one or two in the nation. Their PK, I think is third or fourth. So they're, they're doing really well in special teams. Um, they're just having a tough time dropping some games. I think that they shouldn't have dropped. Like uh, they got swept in Den- They got swept at home against Denver which Denver deserved to win the Saturday game, but I thought UND could have easily won that Friday game. Um, they let a couple things go and, and kind of let the game get away from them where I thought they should have won that one. And then the following weekend against Miami, they um, they come back from 3-0. So they're down 3-0 on Saturday, and they come back and tie it up 3-3. And it's like, I mean, no fucking way you're losing, right? You're like, you, you, you come back three goals and – they end up giving one up and um, another game. I didn't think they should have lost. So as you guys know, I mean, you drop a couple of those games, like games in co- every game in college means so much. And it's just that that could be the difference in the season at that point. So I think there's a little bit of that. I can't really pinpoint any real reason. I feel, I feel like from an outsider's pers- perspective, like I just follow the social medias and stuff and, you know, I'll watch whatever game is on. Like I watch both the Gopher games and it just seems like they don't have a whole lot of consistency in their lineup right now. I feel like they're changing lines a ton. They have yeah. injuries, you know, guys coming in and out and it's just hard to get in a groove that way. And then especially if you're dropping games that, you know, you probably shouldn't be, your confidence is lacking. So I think that pulls into it too. I just think once, you know, if they start getting it moving in the right direction, you know, like North Dakota usually does in the second half, they'll start to pin some wins together. But, I mean, they they just have to – it's almost like they have to win one this weekend just to gain a little confidence and be like, all right, you know, we can can grab one at St. Cloud. And then, you know, if we get a win and a tie and then, you know, get that final sweep, then it's like gaining that confidence into the second half. But as of right now, it just seems like they're not clicking very well. Yeah, sure. I, I, definitely one of those teams I could see turning it on. Not not a team you want to play come playoff time for sure. So, yeah, they they definitely have the skill and talents to to be a team that you would not want to run into them in the playoffs. I also then, you know, they've got some young guys that could turn the corner as well. So we'll see. Um, and I think some of those some of the the D transfers, Farmer and Sadarsky, are kind of um, kind of forming in 
finding their role along the team. So I think that's good. I think they played pretty well this past weekend. And honestly, they just tied and beat Bemidji, which that's a hell of a that's a hell of an accomplishment against the Bemidji Beaver team any year. You know, you know, as well as we do, you go to Bemidji and you play games, you play this Bemidji team and it's, it's hard. Like it's, they don't make it easy on you. So that's going to build some confidence for them going forward, I would think. And hopefully if they could, if they could pick one up here in St. Cloud, that'll, that'll help for sure. Well, let's move on to the next one here. Um, Battle of the uh, UP up in Michigan in the mitten here, Michigan Tech at Northern Michigan. Does anyone want to – Niels, you want to start us off? You've got a little more experience with both these teams than we do. Yeah, I know. I obviously haven't been a part of it, but a huge rivalry there. Um, I'm going to go split. Um, I think those teams kind of always battle it out every year, so I'm going to go split. I think it's kind of a safe a safe bet, but that's what I'm going to go with. I, I'll, I'll, what do you, I am going to go – Northern Mish win and a tie. One oh and one. I like you, that pick. You said it's in Northern? Yep. Yeah, one oh and one Northern. They're both yeah, I'm I'm gonna go the opposite. I'm gonna go uh, a win for Michigan Tech and a tie for Michigan Tech. They just they just brought uh Minnesota State to town, beat them and tied. Um Everyone knows that's that's going to be a tough series to uh, pull out a win and, and not lose a game. So I think Michigan Tech seems to be rolling right now. They're rolling into the break. I'm, I'm going to take them to to do that. And then <clears throat> I'm going to take a Michigan Tech sweep. Uh, they've been hot. Sorry, Perp. Sorry, Perp. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Suck, Suck it, Perp. Suck it, Perp, you idiot. Idiot. <laughs> Loser. <laughs> all right i like those that's the predictions for the week let's uh i'm excited to see how we do probably shit like always but oh well we're still experts um let's move on to the nail gun of the week here now does anyone want to st- i've got a, i've got quite a few if anyone wants to start feel free but uh if no one's got anything let me know because i can fire some off here okay i'll i'll go quickly um, I'm going with, uh, Mike White, the quarterback of the Jets. Um, the guy's just an animal. Like I, I remember when he came in last time, so, somebody bet on him to lead the week in passing yards. And he did like, yeah. I don't know. Th- this guy is not like a stud by any means, but every time he plays in the NFL, he's nasty. So I'd love to see where it goes. But again, Zach Wilson gets benched. He comes in, slings it around. It's just how do you how do you not have that guy as, as a nail gun? So oh, you got uh, to be pooping your pants if you're if you're Wilson on the bench there. Oh, I'd be so rattled. Do you see the guy come in, replaces you, and he just torches it up? Oh, I'd be like, fuck. Yeah, especially because Wilson couldn't pass to anybody. It was like jv football out there it was hard to watch so um that opens up some jets opportunities uh in fantasy football and everybody knows i'm a nerd so um i love that shit and that's my nail gun i like that anyone else want to want to go next yeah i'll throw one in quick um i can't remember if he was mentioned last week or if that was just part of the episode but 
Jack Hughes. Uh, he had another great interview. Uh, the person asked him, what do you got to do next period? He said, just chill. And yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I love those, like, not serious hockey <laughs> answers. Yeah. Like, he doesn't give yeah. a fuck. <laughs> yeah. I love when he says that stuff. He's just saying, like, I don't know, just chill. Yeah. <laughs> we'll pull it out. I don't know. We scored three. I think we're doing fine. They're nasty. Real oh, hockey, real hardo hockey fans are so rattled. He didn't say, you know, we're going to try to get pucks deep, you know, make good line changes, get just, <laughs> you know, the details, you know, back check hard. <laughs> and then another one, Braden, I think it was Braden Point. Uh, Biz asked him a question like, hey, you won two cups in a row. Like, are you kind of taking it easy this year? And he's like, well, fuck no. That's, like, that was going right. That was Maroon. That's who it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that guy, the big rig is a real nail gun. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's a good choice. Niels, do you wanna you got one for us or yeah, I mean the one I was gonna say, uh Mike White also, honestly. I thought it was cool how his teammates reacted. Like I think he was player of the game getting interviewed and you see his teammates celebrating with him. I thought that was pretty cool. But yeah. um I'll go with Justin Jefferson. I mean, the guy He's unbelievable. I think he's the best wide receiver I've ever seen, and I'm a bit biased, but every time Kirk throws it up to him, it seems like he comes down with it. It's it's amazing. So I guess I'll go with JJ too. Love that. Yeah, love that pick. I'll Great throw pick. throw Kirky in there as well. Just you know, gets the shade for not being a prime time player, and he shows up as well. Uh, but yeah, JJ, you know. I'll see some, I'm always on Twitter. So I'll see some clips and like, he not, he not only catches passes, but he has a lot of good blocks throughout the game too. Like whenever he's not catching the ball, he's still playing football. So um, that's something you got to love to see, especially from a, from a guy that talented, like he definitely doesn't need to be blocking out there, but he still is. So does it, didn't, didn't JJ to add on to that as the nail gun, isn't he like, 30 yards from breaking the f- first three years receiving record or whatever, and he's still got eight games to play or something. He already beat it. Yeah. That's nasty. Yeah. God, Pretty imagine good. being that good. He's just so butter, man, and he does the gritty, and it's nasty. Oh, it's unbelievable. I can't believe, like, how can he be so good? Like, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me, really. No. But, and he even, like, the, the fact that – the only reason like Adam Thielen gets touchdowns or Hawkinson is because they have four guys covering Jefferson. You know, like every time you see Thielen get the ball, it's because Jefferson's getting triple covered. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll uh, I'll end us off with the nail gun of the week. I've got three here. I've I actually have four, but I'll save one for next week just in case I have a brain fart and don't think of any. Um, I'm gonna start the first one off. I was watching Twitter. So this girl. She uh, gets on it. She's 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 got like a bow and arrow. She's holding a bow and arrow with her with her legs, and then with her one leg, and then she gets on her hands and does a handstand, and then the arrow is like on fire, and then she like bends over backwards in a handstand, pulls the bow and arrow back with her other leg, shoots the arrow, hits a target right in the fucking middle. Um, I don't understand how people can do this stuff. But that's a mention that, that that deserves a mention for nail gun of the week right there. I just don't under it's I, I don't even want to ask like why are you even practicing that? How do you have time to practice that? I don't know, but people are out there doing some insane things. Um, and then I'm also my for my second one, I'm gonna pick Patty the Batty. Um, you know, 
he's out walking his dog. And I don't know if you guys saw this story. Did you, have you guys seen this? No. Do you guys know who Patty the Batty is? The UFC fighter it's from England. He's uh he's a barstool employee. He's like, yeah, he's coming up like he's a big timer. So Patty the Batty's walking his, his dog and his dog takes a diarrhea in the yard. And he can't pick it all up. So he like goes up to the, he knocks on the door and the person's not home, but they have a ring camera. So like, they're talking to him from their phone, like they're driving home. And he's like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, yeah. Dog took a gross shit in your yard. I can't pick it up. I just want to know if you guys have some water to clean it up and stuff. So like, <laughs> and the person living there is like, is that Patty the Bat? Are you Patty the Bat? He's like, yeah, it's me. <laughs> and she's like, no way. And he's like, yeah, I just can't pick up the shit in your yard. So I just feel bad. <laughs> and they're like, don't worry about it. We'll clean it up. He's like, you sure? It's it's pretty gross. And like, yeah, don't worry about it. We'll clean it up. He's like, all right, thank you. Sorry about that. So he just walks away. He's like, just what a guy. What a fucking nail gun move there. Just owns up. Like, I mean, you know all these dog owners. I've been one of them. You know, I've walked a dog. Dog takes a shit. I'm looking around, fucking no one out there. I'm like, oh, let's walk on by. You know, like I'm not picking that shit up. Are you kidding me? And uh he's going up to the front door trying to clean it up. I mean, what a guy. So I had to shout him out for that. And then my final one, just uh it's Tuesday here. We're recording. It's gonna drop on Thursday, so people will listen to it Thursday. But Tuesday, the US team just beat. Iran, oh, sorry, Iran, it's Iran. Um, Iran, we just beat Iran in the World Cup in advance to the round of 16. We didn't even make the World Cup. It's been eight years since we've been at the World Cup. This is a big deal, big deal for U.S. soccer, huge step in the right direction. And I want to shout out the team captain, 23-year-old Tyler Adams. He's the youngest captain in the World Cup by five years. This guy's a goddamn nail gun. Are you kidding me? You got the weight. You got the weight of the red, white, and blue on your back, and you're 23 years old. I mean, holy fuck. When I was 23 years old, no fucking shot. And this guy's just leading the Team USA in the biggest tournament, sports tournament ever in the world. It's it's just insane. I don't I don't understand it, but the guy's got to be just something special. If he's 23 years old and everyone's like this guy's the captain. Like he's got to be something special. So I had to shout him out there. Um, but that'll conclude my nail gun of the week, my nail guns of the week. Um, this is your favorite segment by far, isn't it Gage? Oh yeah. I mean, I, sur- I surf Twitter all week looking for this shit. And when I see one, I'm just like, let's go. And I just <laughs> automatically jot it down in my notes. Like, Oh, I'm not forgetting that. And I saved, I actually saved my fourth one for next week, which is hilarious. You guys are going to love that one. (laughs) Um, But let's move on to the next one here. I wanted to talk about and ask, now this one will apply to us three and Mace, you're just going to go, you know, which player you watch. But I wanted to ask, who's the best player you think you've ever played with? And Mace, who's the best player you've watched on your team that you're cheering for? Wow. I'll let you guys think and I'll start us off. Um, Cause I've, I've given it some thought and I've had time to think about it. It's, it's actually a really tough choice, but 
My pick is going to be Jack Eichel. He played on my 18 team when I was in Ann Arbor. And I've never, like, I've never really seen a guy with, like, so dominant with his speed. And, like, the guy's, like, 6'2", 200 pounds, and he's strong as an ox. Like, he would work out with us, and he's just junior in high school. And we would clean, and we were all pretty strong at the program. Ike's was cleaning like 295 pounds. I mean, that's like, that's a big rig. And he was just doing that. And then he's out on the ice. He's the fastest player. He had lightning quick hands. Um, Obviously he's a dominant NHL player now. He hasn't really slowed down, but out of all, I mean, I've played with a ton of really good guys, so it's, it's tough to pick one, but if I had to pick one, it'd definitely be him. Niels, you got one or you want me to go? Uh, You go ahead. I'm going to – I hate to do this. Um, I know you're going to pick, but you're probably right. I, I, I'm i going to say Jake Gensel. Um, I don't know if that's who you thought I was going to pick, but – That is. I, I mean, how could, how could it not? The guy's an all-star. In, in, jun, in juniors, it was like – it was insane. The guy was so smart. He knew exactly where to be. Literally, all I had to do was just give him the puck. It was – yeah. It was stupid, and he was always around the net. And he, I mean, it was just it was just bonkers. Uh, he's just in intelligence wise, IQ wise. Obviously, he's turned into a phenomenal NHL player. But even in juniors, it was like, wow, this guy's gonna be special. Yeah, I like that pick. Also, I I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't disagree at all. I mean, I played the first time I ever played Gensel was uh, I think it was in. Peewees. It was in Peewee's state tournament in Wilmer, Minnesota. <laughs> and Gensel is like the smallest kid on the ice, but he was even at that age, he was uh he was unbelievable. And he's never like he's one of the guys I was also gonna ask the question, like, who's the craziest player you've seen made it? And like he was a guy I was thinking of because like even though he was that good when he was that when he was younger, I still didn't think like he would be where he is because he's so small. But he found a way to do it and he's still, he's still fucking doing it every night. Yeah. Niels, what do you got? Yeah, I guess for mine, uh, probably say Andre Svechnikov, uh, played with him for a little over half a year in, uh, Muskegon. I mean, this guy's work ethic was unbelievable. And I think he was 15 years old, might've just turned 16 that year, but see a kid from, uh, Russia to come in, like how hard that'd be for you, just off the ice. But I mean, just an absolute, just a different yeah. specimen. Like just watching that guy work out and skate. And the reason he came to Muskegon was because his brother was a Detroit draft pick and he was playing in Grand Rapids in the American League. And I remember this, it was like in Muskegon, we would do like 7 a.m. For the guys that weren't in high school, we'd do like 7 a.m. like skill skates. And so, I mean, you're kind of just firing a couple yeah. pucks on that, you know, like not really sweating a whole lot. And there's a uh, Svetch and his older brother doing a one-on-ones in the corner, just beating the shit out of each other, just working <laughs> their asses off. At, like it's like middle of the year, like freezing outside. We're all just like, just trying to get the hour done with, and there's Svetch and his brother just going at it, trying to get better. Like that's what it takes to get to that level. But obviously yeah. you have the skill, but obviously the work ethic to go along with it. So not really yeah. surprised to see him where he's at now. Yeah, that's to piggyback off what you what you just said, Niels. There, I was uh, 
So I had dropped a quote to John Schultz on our on our episode, and I don't, I don't know if Mace or – I think Mace and Ulster are both sick for that one, but I dropped a quote on him that my – that my coach and juniors had always told us. Um, and he's the coach, Don Granado, he's the coach of Buffalo Sabres right now. He would always say, you know, you either enjoy playing hockey or you enjoy being a hockey player. And the guys who are going to make it to the NHL, they enjoy playing hockey. And the guys that don't, they enjoy being a hockey player. And hand up, I completely enjoyed being a hockey player, 100%. <laughs> You know, that was me. <laughs> and I knew like, and I knew ever like when he was saying that and stuff, it was like, yeah, fucking, I'm going to prove him wrong because uh, <laughs> I'm on the wrong side of that one. <laughs> so, um, that just reminds me like guys like that, like that story is Svechikov. He's just beating the shit out of his brother. Like those guys just like playing hockey and that's why they're in the national league. And that's why they're so damn good. For sure. I mean, yeah, like nobody else was touching you. Like it's literally we're all floating pucks in the blue line, and they're cutbacks, cutbacks, and yeah, it's pretty crazy. But yeah, the Russians struggle. are built a little different. Yeah, they are. They drink vodka for water. <laughs> all right, for mine, <clears throat> I'm. So I grew up a Wild fan, so I I watched a ton of NHL players growing up from all different teams. Datsuk and Joe Sakic are probably the best two people I've seen and my favorite two people I would go and watch. But then the person growing up that was the best, I never was on a team with her, but Natalie Snodgrass, she went to my high school. She played on the boys' teams from all the way up until like seventh grade, and then she made the high school team and then went to UConn. Like She was by far the best hockey player I've ever seen. Yeah. Love Some that. of those – some of those that's a hell of a call and I like that. Some of those girls and when those girls are playing with the men growing up, you're like, these girls are nail guys. I'll sh- I'll shout out one too. T- Tyra Kerr is, is a gal I played with in squirts, and she was just she was an animal. She was nasty, she was fast, she was so good. She went on to be a college uh played college softball and everything. She was just yeah. insanely good at whatever sport she did. That's a that's a great I love that pick, Mace. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. If we're tossing out girls, Leah Jensen in East mm. Grand Forks went on to play at University of North Dakota. Dominant. Oh, it was a joke. Like you feel bad for her when you're watching her play with the women. You're just like, ah, oh, that sucks. Like it's just like <laughs> it doesn't even look fun. <laughs> she should be playing with us. But um, all right. Well, let's move on to the next one here. Who's the hardest player you've ever played against? Could be a lot. You know, I've thought about this. I've thought about this one a lot. Um, I've played, you know, not to brag, but that's kind of what the show's for. Um, (laughs) You know, I've played against a lot of really good players. You know, I got got McKinnon. I got McKinnon used to play against him quite a bit. McDavid. um, Valerie Nikushkin is probably the runner-up on this one. Valerie Nakushkin played for Russia um, when I was in Ann Arbor. He, you know, when we went to Worlds and we played in Sochi, Russia, they had, you know, like a 40-foot by 30-foot poster banner of him hanging from the ceiling, and it was just his face, like nothing else, just his face. just. And 
this guy was absolutely dominant. I mean, he, he had a minimum of three points against us every time we played him. He was so hard to play against. I think he's, he still played. He just won a cup with the uh, avalanche last year. Um, I think he's still there. He's a hell of a player, but also already mentioned my guy, Alex Lyon from Lake of the Woods. Hardest player I've ever played against. I'm not kidding you. When I said we would post 70 shots and win one nothing against Lake of the Woods, I was not kidding. That's not like fabricating a story or anything. Lake of the Woods had, and I think that's part of the reason why he was so good, because he played goalie on these teams growing up, and they just got shelled every game, and he just <laughs> learned how to stop pucks. So, like, we would just shell this guy, man. Like, we would – Oh, we would just pepper him, just pepper him, and we could not score. It was insane. I couldn't believe it. It was just insane. It was like, <laughs> this doesn't make sense. And the guy ended up, I mean, he's played NHL games. Like, it's nuts. Where is he at now? Is he in the A still? He goes up and down. I remember, I think last time I, I kept track, I looked, he was with the Flyers, but I'm not sure where he is now. I know goalies kind of bounce around a lot. Yeah, goalies probably the hardest position to hold in pro sports. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Nick Sealer. He was, he was on, we did a, a segment kind of like this early on about, you know, nail guns that you've played against. He's just, yeah. whether it was in Prairie or college or whatever it was. I mean, the, the guy was just extremely hard to play against and he's just a, He's kind of a cocksucker out there. He's a really good guy, but he's just an asshole, and he's so hard to beat one-on-one. He's so hard to beat out of the corners. He's just an animal. Uh, you know, another one is Wolf, Nick Wolf from the Bulldogs. He's just another guy that's just always fucking there and in your face. And so those two are, are probably my top two. Fucking Sealer. That guy is a – he's a stone-cold cold killer on the ice, man. Yeah. He's nuts. Like – that guy will fight in, in summer skates because he just gets, like, whenever he's on the ice, it doesn't matter where, probably shinny. I mean, I don't even want to play knee hockey against the guy. It's probably the same. He's probably beat up little kids before playing fucking shinny or knee hockey in the basement. <laughs> like, this guy is life or death anytime he puts his twig in the hands and, he, and there's a puck rolling around. It's uh, I love those guys, though. It's it's incredible to see because he's, like, the most normal, like, nicest guy when he's not – he doesn't have a twig in his hands. He's just like yeah. – so nice. And then he, you put a fucking stick in his hands. He's like, oh, my God, I got to bury someone. <laughs> <laughs> Niels, what do you got for this one? Yeah, I mean, the first name that comes to mind, honestly, I think the best player I played against in college, I'll go Shane Pinto, North Dakota guy. I don't know if it was his freshman or sophomore year. We played him at Mankato, and our our defensive pair was kind of matched up against his line. And I didn't really know. I didn't really hear a whole lot about him prior. And, I was chasing that guy around the rink the whole weekend. Like he was big, <laughs> strong, fast. Oh, yeah. Like another guy, I'm not really surprised to see him. I know he's having a good year in Ottawa, but yeah. Yeah. like I was so surprised about how good he was. Like trying to hit that guy, like yeah. he's a strong kid and really good with the puck. And yeah, it was tough defending that kid. So that's that's fun to hear because like I never really watched. I never really got to see him play. I mean, I I, I did have NCHC TV, so I'd watch a few of their games when he was coming through North Dakota, but. I always followed the Twitter and you would see every weekend, you know, Pinto's doing something and, and you would, I would read all the, you know, North Dakota hockey fans are experts, obviously, you know, and they're always like, 
everyone's like, this guy's NHL ready. He's NHL ready. And obviously he's leading rookies in points this year. So he is NHL ready, but um, that's fun to hear because I didn't really see him play. And I've, I'd heard those things and it's fun to hear from a guy who actually went against him and had to fucking deal with that. Any guy who can skate around the rink and is, and is that skilled and it has that size, they're going to, they're going to give you problems. I felt that way against uh, Greenway when we played B. Ewells. Yeah. He was fucking tough to play against, too. Mace, Mace, who, let's, like, when you're watching the Wild, I mean, I guess you said, like, Datsuk, but, like, who is the guy, like, the hardest, like, you're like, fuck, like, this guy's coming to town, he's going to rattle the Wild. I mean, there, it's an, I feel like there's one obvious pick, Brad Marchant, I don't even need to explain it. He he comes to the town and he just makes a scene. But, I mean, <clears throat> growing up, uh, there's this one guy. He played on Apple Valley. I played for Eastview. His name was Bubba Thompson. This dude had pink tape, pink laces. He was the biggest <laughs> puck hog ever. Dude, this dude would lay people out. He's the dirtiest player ever. I don't know what the fuck he's up to now or if he went anywhere with hockey, but oh, my I God. Hope I hope Bubba – Bubba, if you listen to this podcast, you message us right now. We're getting you on. That's unreal. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Easily the toughest player I've ever played against. Every time I'd walk into the fucking rink, I'd I'd want to turn around. Oh, my God. This is so funny you mentioned that because when I said that, I was thinking about, you know, like when you're in peewees, that's like the biggest difference in like, the smallest guy and the biggest guy on the team, <laughs> you know. So we went and played Crookston and Peewees, and there was this guy Regimball. His name was Reg, like Regimball or something, and he was just he was maybe six foot, one hundred and eighty, and all of us were like four eleven, like ninety pounds. <laughs> it was like if this guy, if you let this guy hit you, you were dead. I mean, you were just a dead body on the ice. So like, you were always aware of this guy on the ice, like. Whenever he was on the ice, you wouldn't even play hockey. You just like chip the puck and just hope he'd like skate it off and change. Th- that was like that was like Craig Dunnick back in the day. <laughs> this is this this is the second time I brought up Dunnick, but that guy was 6'6, 220 pounds in peewees, and he absolutely murdered one of my teammates. His stick hit the rafters. I'll never forget that. I'll, I'll never forget that. Can you imagine seeing the mom of the guy whose stick hits the rafters? Like, oh my god, my kid's dead. Oh, uh, I'll I'll never forget that hit. I mean, you could hear it, everyone, ooh, and then all of a sudden I, you just hear the stick clang around in the rafters, and then it came all the way down and hit the ice. Oh my god, he was dead. He was dead. <laughs> oh, it's funny. <laughs> all right, well, we're on to the next one. That was a good segment. I like talking about that one. That was funny. Um, we're on to the next one. If you were in the NHL right now and you had to pick one brand to be sponsored by, you know, you're wearing all their stuff. So it says it on your helmet and your, your gloves They're you're wearing, you're using their stick, their skates, you're on the commercials. Um, but it could be from any time period. So we got Coho in there. We got Christians, Christian bros. We got Easton. We got true. We got Sherwood. We got warrior. We got Bauer. Which one are you guys going with? Good lord! I, I think I, I have one that I, I have one that I'd actually pick for a certain, for another reason. But 
I think Coho would be the coolest one. Just like you got Coho breezers and skates and that's Coho stick. Like you just look like an idiot out there, but like people are noticing you like you're, you're the Coho guy. Like <laughs> that's nails. But uh, right now I think I'd go, I'd have to choose warrior. They're the ones that hand out the biggest paychecks to guys. And you know, it's all about the money nowadays. Get me paid. I'm probably not going to be the one on the, on the banners hanging in the hockey stores, use flexing the stick, but uh, you know, I'll be wearing warrior stuff and they'll be handing me a good cut of money and I'll happily wear it. And it says warrior. It's kind of cool. You know, it's fucking warrior. I'm a warrior, Sue warrior, whatever. So <laughs> go with that one. I think uh, I'm going to have to go. I know they're not around anymore, but I like the old Easton sticks. I can't remember the name. Stealth, I think. Easton yep. Stealth. Growing up, that was like the one thing I wanted for Christmas. Great they're choice. Like the black stick with the red bottom. I don't yep. know about their skates or anything the else. S- but was... The SL, the super light. What, yeah, a, was a, great... what a twig, man. All, all of those. The S17, the S19, those things. East, the CX. Yeah. Easton had the best sticks by far. It wasn't even close. Yeah. That's a great choice. That's a great yeah. choice. Um, I'm going to go Jofa. Um, I just, sorry, Mace. <laughs> <laughs> Suck on it. Uh, I'm, I'm going Jofa just because you think back of the old times, man. That used to be the, those used to be the mitts in the bucket and Yarmir Yager, you know, like it was just yeah. so sick back in the day. That's probably who, would I, who I'd go with. All right, this is uh, right off the dome because Trevor just took mine. Um, give me, give me a Cooper set of gear. Yeah, Ooh, let's go. Give me the Cooper alls. Give me a weird yeah. looking jersey. I respect Cooper. that. Cooper, what a choice! I love that. Um, I'm gonna throw a black horse in there. It'd have been sick to go Nike. Nike used to make some hockey gear. Oh yeah, be the, I, be the Nike athlete in the NHL. That'd be nails. I I used to have all kinds of Nike gear. Right oh, off yeah. the no, I I respected Dad. Right off the rebate back, uh, rebate rack, just get me all that junk. It was uh, it was kind of sick, interesting, kind of ugly, ugly helmets, but overall not bad gear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, terrible, terrible helmets. <laughs> yeah, hey, I I want to take mine back. I want to be sponsored by the Messier helmet. Those pieces of shit we had to wear in high school. <laughs> Oh, those concussion-proof Messiers? Yeah, the most concussion. Oh, my God. No, awful. but you guys are going to want to wear these, though. You can choose the insert color. So, yeah. like, if you're on Duluth East, you could put some red in there. It's going to be a nasty bucket. Oh, the fucking M11s or whatever? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Those things are butt cheeks. <laughs> I didn't know Mark Messier made those. I have two of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I still got a scar on my forehead. <laughs> Sherwood would have been a good one. I would have liked Sherwood. It's always cool to be the Bauer athlete. You know, you're just a high roller. Probably getting paid the big bucks. Probably scoring a lot of goals. That's why I didn't go with that one. They used used to have those, uh, the 30s, right? They had the lime green with the three X's. Yeah. Were those vapors or or, or were those Bauer vapor? That was the 30 light. Yeah, that's what it was. It's nasty. But, yeah, Dom Dom Tonnato always had those when we were kids, and I had the you know the synergy or whatever, and he was just rubbing it in our face that he got the Bauer thirties from his dad yeah. or some shit. I just wanted, <laughs> just wanted to beat his ass up, fucking asshole. 
Yeah, so what? You got a rich dad. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are, what brands are we forgetting about? I was thinking about, did Franklin ever have hockey gear? That would have been a funny one. I don't know. The, I, I just got, think of the main ones. I think of the main ones. Bow, there's new mission. Yeah, mission. mission. No. There's new ones in the NHL now. True is they've got like gloves, helmets, skates. Everyone loves those skates. Didn't Niels, didn't didn't STX try to come into the game with gloves? Isn't that a lacrosse brand? Yeah, did they try yeah, to break through into hockey? They did. Yeah, because obviously the coast just taking whatever they can get, got a few, got their yeah. hands on some STX gloves that one year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Niels, did you ever like I know also when we were right when we were done playing or towards the end of college, um, those true skates were getting popular. And I know like the next years after they got even more popular. Did you wear those skates ever? No, I had a few uh teammates to wear them, they liked them, but we were kind of not strictly Bauer, but we only had a few guys who could wear other brands and I probably wasn't good enough to be one of those guys. So I just wore the Bowers, but I heard good yeah. things about those though. Yeah. I was a Bauer skate guy too, myself. Reebok. Give me a full Reebok oh, outfit. The, the Reebok pumps. The pumps. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Is Reebok still a thing? No, I have no idea. I think like, CCM and Reebok are like the same company. So basically. is so is so is Sid Crosby wearing? I, I guess I don't even pay attention anymore. Is, is Sid wearing CCM stuff now? Probably. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. I remember Matt Matt Duchesne with the white Reebok pumps. Yeah. Those skates, yeah. white, so ugly, but it's different. I guess I don't know. He was and he was the figure skater. He he grew up figure skating. That's why he's so good on his edges. So and then he wore those white pumps. And I was like, look at this fucking guy on his edges. It's insane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's just cutting back and forth on a dime. Just <laughs> I, he, when I I went to Colorado's training camp my first year, and my one of my first one on ones ever there was against Duchesne. And it was behind the net, and he did like four cutbacks and absolutely burned me and wrapped around the puck. And I was just like. This is insane. Like, how can this guy skate like that? <laughs> like, I'm out of my league. Send me down right now, please. <laughs> All right. Well, I like those segments there. Let's move on to uh, Jack's career here. Obviously, I mentioned he was from Lakeville North. Um, now, bring us through, like, we always talk about on the show, Jack, you know, how guys decide to play hockey, when they decide to play hockey, how it became about, like, what was your youth like? You know, did you play a bunch of sports? Were you, you know, were you good at other sports? How did you ultimately end up choosing to play hockey? Yeah, I think pretty traditional uh, Minnesota upbringing uh, in regards. Just my older brother played, my dad played, so was just kind of thrown into it a bit. And yeah, I played baseball and hockey growing up, and then eventually, um, I think high school was when I quit baseball and just stuck with hockey. But um, yeah, had to rink in the backyard. Um, like I said, my older brother played, so I always looked up to him. And, um, yeah, I just kind of grew up loving the game. So, so Jack, did you, you know, growing up, were you, um, you know, really a, a really good player? Were you playing on, like, the Blades or Machine growing up? And were you making, you know, the 102 camp in St. Cloud and making it to New York? Or, you know, what was your kind of path there? 
Yeah, no, I never, I honestly don't think I ever played a game at AAA. I always played baseball in the summer. And then, um, yeah, never made any of the select teams or anything like that, really. Um, I mean, more of a late bloomer, I guess, but yeah, never really, no, it wasn't really a year round thing. I know once we got into high school, we'd have team workouts and skates and whatnot, but um, growing up, I never played AAA or any of the high performance stuff. Were were you part were you part of the Lakeville North powerhouse that came through there for a bit? Yeah, I was kind of my group. It's kind of weird, hard to explain, but I was supposed to go to Lakeville South. Um, my so the middle schools in Lakeville are set up where there's three schools. One is all north, one is all south, and then Kenwood is half north and half south. And I went to Kenwood, and all my best buddies are going to north. My neighbor had an older brother was going there and he was going there also so i had to ride to school every day so it wasn't really hockey related at all it was more all my buddies um were going there from from middle school and um we weren't very good in my first two years and then we kind of took off um my junior and senior year i still remember at ames arena in lakeville the duluth east uh, greyhounds coming into town i think it was yourself uh han and otto and then randolph on a line and i think it was 10-0 pretty quick there but um, <laughs> yeah i remember you guys were pretty good that year i remember was, was it mears more he was good on d2 yeah mears 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 he was good man he had a good wrist shot could always he always shot it like one foot off the ice oh i always envied that i could never do that yeah he, he was a good little player we we were we got lucky because we played with the same crew for so long. I mean, our peewee team was always the same. Our Bantam team was always the same. And then high school, uh, you know, besides our sophomore year, we had a bunch of older guys. But then that junior, senior year, we had kids that we played with all the way growing up. So we didn't really have those splits. And nobody really got cut from Duluth East. So we kind of had all those guys always sitting right there. That's awesome. There's nothing like high school hockey in Minnesota. Nothing cool. like it. Yeah, so, so Niels, you said, I mean, the reason I bring that up is it's cool to, you know, everyone's got a different path and, and everyone hits their stride at a different age. Um, so at what point do do you kind of, you know, I know you went on, to, so you, you go on to Tri-City after high school, but, you know, at what point do you kind of realize you're pretty good at hockey and this could be a future for you. You know, you, you, you might end up playing college and this is kind of what you want to set your, set your goals on. Yeah. I'd say probably about my junior high school, I started talking to a few teams, but nothing super serious. Um, had a good year. But at the end of the day, it's high school hockey, right? You think at the time you're the best player in the world, but in reality, there's a lot of good hockey players out there, but, um, I ended up committing to Nebraska, Omaha after my junior year, um, played my senior year at North again, and then um, played my first, the plan was to play one year of juniors in Tri-City and then to go in. And that year was when Dean Blaze resigned. And then both the assistants that um, recruited me, both were gone also. Um, and then new coach never really reached out. So it's like probably, this probably isn't a very good uh, situation to be in. So um a couple of weeks later, uh, talked and at, at Minnesota State, reached out and went on a visit and loved it. And then ended up playing another year junior after that. And um, I probably at the time wanted to go in right away after the first year juniors. But honestly, the best thing was going back for another year and developing for another year before going into college. For sure. Yeah. And then um, just to kind of rewind a little bit there, 
you know, you're playing on some pretty good teams in, uh, in Lakeville North there. I think you said um, second place your junior year or, or you won it your junior year? Second uh, we place lost, junior year? Yeah, we lost in the state championship my junior year to Edina. I think it was eight to two. I think I was minus seven in that game. So that, was, <laughs> that was a tough go, but it was cool because we had a bunch of guys, especially in my senior class, who could have left early and um, especially after that game, just that sour taste in your mouth. There was no really conversation about it between any of us. We all knew we were coming back and then um, ended up winning it my senior year, which was cool and kind of your dream growing up being from Minnesota. And Lakeville really hadn't had much success, I guess, in state up to that point. So it was just cool experience to go through that with your best buddies and had a really good group of guys. So very fortunate to grow up with, with those guys and be on that team. So, Yeah, that's going to be unreal. Um... I know also, I'm actually not going to make fun of you here. I was thinking about, you know, when Jack was talking, I was thinking about dropping a couple, you know, oh, uh, what's it feel like, Ols? You know, you, you could have had that, <laughs> you know, like, but uh, I actually do feel bad, you know, but I, I, I envy what you guys had there. You know, you guys all have a group of guys you end up, you grew up playing with and you all decide, you know, after kind of a heartbreaking ending to your junior year, you're coming back for the senior season and, you know, I think the best thing for your guys' high school careers is probably that you guys lost that junior year because what are the odds everyone comes back if you guys win? You know, like um, you got an extra year with those guys, and um, that's something I kind of envy because, um, you know, it would have been nice. We just, I didn't have that as good of a team growing up in East Grand Forks, but that would have been really cool if we had that. So, um, I was going to make fun of you but I won't make fun of yeah. you because I do feel bad. You know, because we had the same thought process. Like, we could have gone and played junior hockey, and we decided we wanted to come back, and then we lay an absolute egg against Lakeville South. You know, I had two tucks, but, I, you know, it just wasn't enough. So, you know, I tried everything that I could to help our team win, but um, ultimately came up short. Yeah, I, I take the blame for doing the fancy uh, – celebration and all that and i apologize <laughs> to my friends down in lakeville south for being a cocky asshole in high school um <laughs> but yes that that is it's actually insanely cool because like you said growing up in minnesota it's like you go to the state tournament when you're a kid and you watch those guys play and then you know you want to make it there when you play in high school and then you finally get there and to win one is, is pretty fun and pretty special, especially if you're doing it with your buddies. So uh, yeah. that's, that's a tip of the cap to you because I know how hard it is. It's, you know, it's so you got three games and you got to win all three of them and it's just hard to do. I think the um, main thing you're, you're worried about at that age is just getting to the X, right? Like I feel yes. like I was more nervous for the section final than I was for the state tournament. It's like, you're missing out on so much just not even being there, right? So I always thought just getting there was – I mean, obviously you want to win at the end of the day over everything, but I was always most nervous for those section games just because it's like same thing, win or go home, but you don't get to experience the whole state tournament. So. For, yeah, it for must, sure. yeah, it must be nice. Yeah, it must be really cool to uh, play at the X in the state tournament. That'd yeah, be awesome. it is. It's, well, it was unreal. really – you know, I wish you guys got to experience uh, – Playing in the state tournament football, Triple uh, A. Yeah, uh, you guys get 150 fans there. Yeah, we played in uh, St. Cloud outdoors. There it was actually nasty, <laughs> packed house. <laughs> <laughs> 
no, but um, no, that is awesome. And uh, I just wanted to, I'll, I'll move on to, you know, after this ends, you know, you win state, you know, what's the mindset there? Um, did you go play juniors right away? And did, was that a plan beforehand? And how did that go if you did? Yeah, I went to, uh, I was drafted by Tri-City. Um, so I went there for a um, few games and played a little bit after the season and then played the full year there the following year. But a good experience to go there. And um, it's definitely a step or two up from high school hockey. And I, I'm so amazed by, I know it doesn't happen very often, by the kids who go straight from high school to college, like it's such a big step. Like yeah. even USHL, the college is a big step. So definitely um, a big step there. And um, they had a fun two years in, of junior hockey, but um, not in the most desirable city, I guess, in Kearney, Nebraska, but good to, <laughs> you hit to up experience that, something different. Did you hit up that Qdoba in town? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's lunch three times a week minimum. So <laughs> That was my so, favorite spot when I got down there for two weeks. Yeah. Qdoba in town. When there's a Qdoba in town, no Chipotle, that Qdoba is unbelievable. Yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing that closely resembles it but um so so like you said when you know you committed to Omaha and then all of a sudden the coaches are all done there was there ever any panic in your mind you know were you confident in yourself where you're like oh you know I kind of have to go through this whole recruiting process again or did it happen really quickly was there no really thoughts of what's next no for sure I was panicking a little bit because it happened um, I mean, a few, we still had a few months left of the season when, um, they had the coaching change there. And I mean, you're kind of waiting for a phone call or whatever else. And, um, yeah, definitely was panicking there. Cause I kind of had a good idea. Probably wasn't going to be a good fit anymore on both ends. So, um, yeah, there's definitely a few months there and I was, uh, definitely questioning things. Like I wasted a year, like, am I not going to go to school? What am I doing? Kind of, but, um, no, honestly, the kind of like the same thing in high school and I was supposed to go to the South and I went to North. It was just kind of a blessing in disguise and ended up being a little closer to home. I'm sure Omaha would have been great. It's a great program and that rink there is pretty sweet, but um, yeah, I'm definitely thankful for how it, how it planned out, played out. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess don't have to talk too much more on juniors because I do want to get into uh, what it was like at, in Mankato, because um, I know that's an unbelievable school to play college hockey at. But, you know, you win the state tournament, and then you you did mention you uh, ended up winning the Clark Cup with Tri-City. Like, you know, what's that? I mean, what's that like? You know, I'm thinking about, you know, you win the state tournament. It's probably the best feeling. You, you're probably like, you know, you hear all these guys when they do the interview after the, the state tournament game, they're like, I mean, this is the best it's ever going to get. And, you know, people. <laughs> People make fun of it, and they're like, oh, yeah, like, what if you win the Stanley Cup, buddy? Like, oh, yeah? And it's like, I mean, you don't, you don't know if you're going to win the Stanley Cup. So, like, that might be the best it can get. I mean, what's it like winning the Clark Cup after that? I mean, you're, you're coming off the highest point of your life, and then you just, you're on this unbelievable USHL team, which doesn't happen to, I mean, fucking no one. Yeah, no Honestly, at that point, like it's, it's the USHL is such a long season. Like you guys have both been through it. It's a lot of bus rides and whatnot. And 
when you get to the finals about it's like we better win this series because I, I these other guys who didn't make the playoffs had two months longer of a summer than I did so we better not go <laughs> yeah. that's honestly that's honestly what we're, we're talking about a lot in the locker room like obviously you want to win but it's like if we go all the way and end up losing that'd be real kick and you know what but um no yeah it was it was cool. It was uh, we had a special group of guys. I mean, a lot of guys wanted to play. And, um, we're pro- playing the NHL now, and definitely fortunate I ended up there. Because it's funny when I first got drafted there, I'm like, I have no idea what Tri City is or Kearney, Nebraska. Like, where is that? But um, no, a good place, and yeah, it was a fun year. Yeah, that would be. I mean, that'd, be, that'd just be unreal. Like, and then I mean, I don't want to get too far into Mankato because he played on some good teams there. But, yeah, win the Clark Cup after that long of a season. It's funny you mentioned that because I remember we were playing Dubuque in the um, USHL playoffs my first year in Ann Arbor. And we lost the first game, and we're just like – it was just best of three at the time, the first round, and we're like second game, we're all like looking at each other like, uh, let's try to win this one. Let's try to win this one, boys. <laughs> There's, there's always that. There's always it's so that, funny. There's always you're like you fine line. There's yeah. always that fine line where it's like, boys, do we really have a chance here? Like, are yeah. we going all in, or do we just oh, pack yeah. up our shit and go play golf? Oh, oh yeah. And I was like, yeah. I mean, you do that before the game, but it's funny because we're all so competitive that once you actually start playing the game, you're like pissed. You lose after. You're like, fuck, like fuck these guys, you know, like you end up hating the other team after, but before the game, like you all want to lose. Yeah. But during it. And when you actually lose, you're like, fuck, like this is bullshit. Like you're pissed. <laughs> you lost. You're like, what did you expect? We're all sitting in the locker room. Like, Oh, fucking... <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny. Um, well, well, this is my favorite part of the podcast is when we ask these guys, you know, what's your, What's your vision of, you know, what are you hoping for and what are you thinking of when you're going to go to Mankato and you want to play college hockey? You know, what are you looking forward to? Is it, you know, the locker room and the fans? Is it like, you know, some of the parties and the guys and just living on your own? Um, You know, what are you looking forward to? And then once you get on the campus, how does it feel? Does it live up to the hype? Is it, is it more? Yeah, no, it was, I think the one, it's hard to pinpoint one thing I was looking forward to, but just the whole experience, like, I mean, I know that you guys' culture there at North Dakota is special also, but I mean, it's a special culture uh, down in Mankato there and just how close the guys are, like the first, how we set things up is we were there six weeks in the summer. So as a freshman, you're a bit nervous meeting everybody and whatnot. And I'm sure you guys have heard of uh, College Town there and the coaches set up so all the freshmen were in one house in college town together for that summer. So it was just unbelievable just getting to bond with one another and the rest of your teammates are right down the street. So you're hanging out with all the guys every day and you get some good bonding there in the summer. And yeah, I mean, I think it, the hockey piece is kind of growing year to year, which is cool to see. Um, I'd recommend you guys go down there and watch a game. I think they do play North Dakota, I think, next year and the following year. I don't know if it's in North Dakota or Mankato, but it's a great place to watch a game. Um, yeah. Great atmosphere. Um, yeah, great culture that the coaching staff has set up there and um, a lot of unbelievable relationships um, over the years, and I'm really grateful for my time there. 
what uh yeah. what was what was that first summer like you know did you guys have workouts and skates and then you know enjoying some beverages you know were you guys taking it pretty seriously early on were you guys enjoying your time are you are you guys getting are you guys getting hazed by the seniors and all the older guys when you're there as freshmen yeah no it's pretty pretty strict uh schedule but enough free time where I mean, every day is basically this, every week's basically the same, right? It's seven o'clock workouts and then skating a handful of times throughout the week, but it's mainly just shinny captain's practices, just staying warm. But yeah, we'd, uh, we'd have our fun uh, when we had our off days for sure. And it's just kind of fun. I mean, I always enjoy as an upperclassman is you don't really know the freshmen until that first weekend when you see them and they got a couple pops and you can see their real personality because everybody's so shy right away, right? So yeah. <laughs> always enjoyed that over the years but yeah those summers were sometimes they're a bit of a grind but it's it's fun to spend time with with your teammates yeah yeah and like i mean you said you've listened to a couple a couple episodes i don't know if you've heard us you know i'm a big i think we're we're both olsen and i are both big advocates of the old wcha which included mankato and um we're i'm i'm just pissed that that league broke up but you know, I and I chirp the leagues for breaking up, but um, I do think, you know, when Mankato was in the WCHA, you know, they're, you know, they're living in big shadows behind, you know, Wisconsin, Denver, all these teams. And then Mankato gets to the WCHA with, you know, the new constructed WCHA. And um, I mean, it's definitely, I don't know how long they've been going for, but Mankato's turned into a powerhouse school. Um, and they, they, they really weren't that before the WCHA and those leagues broke up. And I think it was a good thing for them, um, school wise and they're, you know, getting up to that, but like, what, what are your thoughts on that? And did you fall? Cause obviously you're, you're growing up watching the Gophers probably and watching the WCHA and, you know, you end up going to Mankato and you end up playing on a powerhouse school, you know, like, is that something you would imagine playing for, for Mankato and, what are your thoughts on those leagues breaking up? No, I think you nailed it. You nailed it there for sure. I think, obviously, growing up, the I think the worst thing that ever happened to college hockey was the WCHA breaking up there, like all the great rivalries and whatnot. But I guess everybody kind of knows that. But like, like you said, it's I think it was a good thing for the school. I mean, it would honestly be interesting to see when once uh, Coach Hastings got there if it would have been any yeah. different in the old yeah. WCHA because. There was definitely a culture change there, and um, so that would have been kind of interesting. But it, I think it has been a good thing. The conference, it's not the NCHC by any means. Like when we're playing our non-conference, when you're playing those NCHC it's, schools. It's still, so the, it's still got good teams, though, like Michigan yeah. Tech, Bemidji, like Ferris is good. Like. Right, right. There's a, there's a lot of really good teams and that, that are hard to play, and I think it toughens you up for the playoffs. But, yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see if that shifts at all in the future if – Mankato switches to NCHC or I don't know. I don't think they're looking at any of that, but it'd just be interesting to see. Cause like there's, there'd be centrally in the conference and I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think they can, they can keep up with those other powerhouses in the NCHC, but no, I don't know. I mean, if I was, if I was running the NCHC, I would be doing everything I can to add Mankato yeah. and one other team, probably Bemidji. That would be electric. You get Bemidji in there. You get Mankato, another absolute – I mean, Mankato's not going anywhere at this point. You know, like, they're known as a good school. Like, they're getting good recruits. They're getting good players. Like, Hasty's there. 
I, I almost think now if Mankato, now that they've had that kind of culture change and now that they've kind of been a prominent school the last few years, I think if we were, if the NCHC were to add them, it would just make Mankato's case even stronger um, than it is now. Like it's, it's not that the NCHC and the WCHA are, you know, light years apart by any means. It doesn't mean that, but it's just Mankato making the jump to the NCHC to again, play against some of those bigger schools. That's just going to bring in more um, interest into those schools. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's just a different layout for, I mean, from what we had, I guess, strictly at our schools, because we would kind of load up our non-conference, obviously, earlier in the year. And if you did well in those games, there's a really good chance you're going to make it to the tournament. And for yeah. teams in the NCHC like that, it's it's a playoff game every weekend, so it's a little bit different. But, yeah, just it'd be, it, it would really be interesting to see if they ever went into the NCHC, because that's a whole new animal when you're playing both schools every weekend instead of a handful of times during the year. Yeah, yeah but I think I think at this point, I mean – I know the I know they're I know it's WCHA it's it's not quite the NCHC but um I think Mankato at this point's proven like there's not really any doubts about them like actually being a good school you know as there there kind of was like within the past 5 years 5 4 years there was like ah is Mankato fake you know like we don't know about this but um I don't think there's really any doubts there I, I think they'd be fine and what we always talk about Niels is um we always talk about, I always talk about like, you know, Mankato recruits smart. You know, you guys, there's a time, one of your guys' teams, um, you guys' team was older than the New Jersey Devils. And, you know, like that helps in college. Like, I don't care. No one's looking at age when they're, when they're watching their teams, they're just watching the teams. So like, that's a good recruiting tactic by Hastings, because I think like the older your team is, the better you can be especially with those older guys, they just have more experience and they're a little bigger and, and smarter. And just like in terms of penalty wise and doing dumb things um, where you can compete with the Minnesota team that has, you know, 15 draft picks and they're all unbelievable, but they're 18, 19 years old and you're 24. It's like, Hey, you might be good, but you're fucking 18. I'm going to push you around, buddy. You know, like, for sure. And, and kind of like we've touched on earlier, people, uh, hit the, grow at different times, right? Like for myself, if I was to go in as a true freshman, I ain't probably playing a lot of college hockey at all. So everybody needs time to, or some people need time to grow and spend those years in junior hockey and uh, toughen up a bit. And um, not everybody's, uh, I don't know what those freshmen in Minnesota have, but um, those young first round picks and whatever else. And I mean, it was kind of cool because like everybody in my class, I was the youngest in my class and I was 20 years old coming in. So it's kind of, everybody's yeah. kind of in the same, the same boat there. And yeah. um, no, it's, I mean, you could say that we have some older players, sure. But um, I mean, I think they're kind of guys to root for, right? A lot of them underdogs weren't yeah. recruited or anything. Not for sure. necessarily all of us, but we definitely have had a lot of guys come through that program. We're hard-nosed guys that didn't get a lot of sniffs growing up. So and you're all beauties. Every guy I've met from Mankato is yeah. a beauty. You know, like I mean, I've met so many of them. There's all of them. It's like this guy's a beauty. Mankato, I yeah. love Mankato. Oh, it's a, good, um, it's a fun time. Yeah. So, Niels, I was uh, 
I never actually watched you play. I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't, I never saw you play, but um, I did some reading. You weren't missing much there. Yeah, no, just as myself, if you've never seen me play, they don't just look at my stats. It's pretty much what it was. <laughs> right. Right. Um, no, but I was reading about you and, and I, I read some things. And so it, I think, you know, you were a uh, shutdown defense when you found a role playing in shutdown defenseman style and uh, just playing simple and two way, you know, obviously still getting the offensive zone, but you know, you kind of shine in the defensive zone and just playing your role and doing the right things. You know, were you growing up? Cause it's interesting to me cause I was kind of growing up. I mean, I was, I was offensive, but then I got to the Ann Arbor complete defensive. Like I was not going to beat these other guys out offensively. So I had to completely adjust my role and, be complete defensive and Ols was actually always kind of like a skilled guy. And then he almost changed his role freshman year college and started hitting guys and then evolved that way. So, I mean, what were you growing up? Were you always kind of defensive and just a two-way guy or did you ever evolve and have to make changes to your game to make the lineup? Yeah, I think more offensive, probably high school through there. And then once junior hockey hit kind of the same as what you were saying, um, definitely had to be more of a defensive role, like a penalty killer and which I like to do, but it was kind of cool at school. Cause that's what I kind of came in at and the coaching staff kind of always push. I wasn't a power play guy or anything, but they always pushed me to do more offensively, which I thought was cool. Cause I kind of yeah. got the other end of the spectrum and the USHL, yeah. which is, is what it is, but it was just kind of cool. how They kind of pushed me on the other end, but yeah, I definitely wasn't putting up any big time numbers or anything. And that was totally fine with me. I always what? really liked, liked like the matchups, portion of it like you're matched up against the other team's top line or whatever like it's what is I that really... was that was that your role when you were playing uh last few years probably yeah for the yeah i mean because have... you're i mean you're a two-time captain so i didn't mention that you know like you get named an assistant captain your junior year and you're a captain your your senior year so i mean that's a pretty big deal in college so you obviously had to been doing the right things yeah a bit different too because i had a fifth year with COVID also but um yeah, I mean, a lot of good. I just try to be a good teammate, I guess, and play hard, and um, that's about it. So, at Mankato, what did, were there particular things that they did um, to help you guys? What, you know, you said you worked, and they pushed yeah. you to be more offensive. You know, was that a thing that coaches um, would take you guys out? Would you have extra sessions on the ice and work on different skills, things like that, or would it be more like? in practice stuff um what was kind of um the way mankato um practice whether it was you know you guys had extra time early on um in the day where you could hop on the ice or if it was just a two-hour shift in the middle of the day just kind of the overall view of how mankato coaches um tried to excel their players yeah i think obviously we had the like skills ice or whatever you want to call it in the mornings a few days a week but a lot of our practices are game-based drills right so it's whatever small area games or um, working on breakouts or whatever else and it was always just pushing the d to beat their you break it out you beat your guy up the ice and just getting in to be that that uh, fourth guy up the up the rush and um, generate offense that way but i just like in practice every day just i mean like i said a lot of like small area games and game-like situations they always push you to not do too much offensively, but put yourself in the spots to contribute yeah. a bit. So, Niels, I wanted to ask, um, 
just because I like, you know, if, if there's any young junior hockey players or high school hockey players listening, I like, uh, you know, kind of selling college hockey is, you know, it's the cool thing. You know, it's pretty cool playing on a college hockey team, um, walking around campus. Just uh, walk us through, you know, what it's like being a Mankato hockey player on campus, walking around. You know, I know, I know you have other sports. You know, are you guys kind of the big deal on campus walking around? Professors know who you are. You know, kind of students are like, ah, that guy's a hockey player. Or are you guys kind of under the radar? We were the only Division One. We were the only Division One sport, um, along with the women's program uh, at Minnesota State. But I never really looked at it like that. It's probably the outside perspective as it at it. But um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely not myself, but a few of the better players probably got recognized a bit outside of the rink, and it'd be interesting yeah. to see what that N was it NIL or whatever it is. Yeah, um, D would be like for a few of those guys back then, but yeah. Um, no, yeah, I mean, kind of, like, it's, I like it because it's not too big of a school, but it's big enough, right? Like, it's yeah. got that small school feel, but it's still, you don't know everybody still. Did you ever know Brad McClure or CJ yeah. Seast? Yep, those guys yeah. were both, both those, seniors my freshman year. Those boys would have been, uh, there would have been some studs walking around campus, I can imagine. Oh, for sure, yeah. <laughs> both those guys are one of a kind, for sure. They have some stories. Yeah. Those guys are all time. I first met them at, uh, so I had played with Clint in, uh, in Ann Arbor and I had grown up playing with Clint. So like me and me and Clint go way back, but, uh, Clint bought it, ended up buying a bus. Clint ended up buying a, like a school bus and drove it to WeFest. And <laughs> I went to WeFest. I went to WeFest with Keaton Thompson and Luke Johnson. And, um, we met Clint and, Clersey and uh, CJ Cease there and uh, Lacuve and uh, it was just hilarious. These guys roll up in this the school bus that's like painted black and it's like got bunk beds on the inside of it and they just roll up the WeFest. We party there like the whole time. It was unbelievable. Those guys are legends. They they came to UND one weekend for uh, Spring Fest. They were at 420. Yeah, that group, that class especially didn't pass up on a good time for sure. So those are good dudes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those are, I think uh, CJ's, CJ's doing pretty well and uh, Clergy's playing overseas somewhere. I think he's also doing pretty well. They're both pretty good, both really good hockey players. Who, who, who was the other guy on that line? With McClure and CJ? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, when I was there, it was Mark Michaelis. He's a German guy or a German. Yeah. Who, really wasn't, wasn't that guy a character too? I think you're thinking probably Parker Toomey, who's the other. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was more of a character than Mark, but Mark got was a, a little bit more low-key. Got a couple Germans on the team. What are the odds of that? <laughs> yeah. No, I'd say best player I've played with at school, other than uh, uh, Dryden McKay, won the Holby Baker last year. is obviously pretty good too, but – I'd say Mark Michaelis was the player who he played with them for a few years on that line a few years. And he was, I think he's the all time points leader in school history, but really, um, he had a, play, played a bit with, in Vancouver and I think he's back in Germany now, but he's, yeah. he's a, he's a like 200 foot player, right? Like penalty, yeah. first guy out penalty kill leading yeah. scores kind of did it all, but that's sweet. One, one thing, one thing we like to ask is, uh, 
favorite favorite spot to play uh on the road whether it's um because of the food because of the traditions because of the road trip uh whatever it might be because of the the fans yeah because you always because you always win yeah i'm not gonna pick any in our conference because they're not my favorite i guess but um two that come to mind right away north dakota for sure only got to play there once but that was a unbelievable experience at the Ralph. obviously you guys went through that so didn't uh, you guys pretty- what how'd you how'd you guys do in that didn't you guys win both or no we won friday Split? and then lost uh oh, okay, saturday yeah, yeah. yeah but um yeah north dakota and then umass last year actually because um the so the following umass amherst yeah um the following year was COVID and they're coming off a national championship. Um, we didn't have any fans the whole year prior. So coming out, we played them the first opening weekend at UMass and having, I think it was, I don't know how many that, that rink holds, but um, packed crowd and just to come out for, to warm ups with fans again, yeah. was pretty cool. And yeah. that, that night they raised the banner and we ended up sweeping them, which was cool, but that was That's honestly like college hockey. That was, yeah, that was oh. cool. Yeah. yeah they, that, that's funny you say that. That's the first time I've ever heard someone outside. So when I played in Ann Arbor, I played with a couple of Boston guys, and um, they always talked about UMass Amherst, and they called it the the arena, the zoo. They're like, oh, yeah, too bad UMass. Like, Because when, we when I was coming out of high school, UMass Amherst was not that good. It was always UMass Lowell that was good. So everyone was going to Lowell or like UNH or BC, BU. Like UMass Amherst wasn't really a thing. But these guys were always talking like, ah, it's too bad UMass Amherst isn't good. We could go play at the zoo. Like, they would talk about that rink, like the zoo and how sick it is. So I'm jealous you got to play there. That sounds unbelievable. Those guys would hype that place up like nothing else. Yeah. I mean, it was it was nothing. I think they were all far and away the best building. Yeah, it's, it's a di- that's, a, that's a different – that's right. like a different experience because you got – there's not many colleges that have the – that have that money to invest in an arena like that. So. Right. I remember the, really... just the one thing I remember is the fireworks going off. I think when we, they scored a handful of goals back to back, just cause we couldn't hear anything. And then they'd score <laughs> the fireworks or go off. There'd be a face off and they'd score again. The fireworks are yeah. still going off. You're like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> yeah. That's the one thing I remember, but. <laughs> we had, we had Taylor Richard on um, earlier in the year and he, he played for Miami and he, played us on his birthday and he went dash seven. I remember you saying you went dash <laughs> seven. Like he went dash seven on his birthday. And he's, he's like, all I remember was like, you guys ran out of fireworks and like on the last goal, there were no fireworks. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, it's so good. Well, Niels, thanks for coming on, man. It's been, uh, it's been great. This was a great episode. I had a lot of fun and thanks for sharing your story and hope all is well with, uh, what you're doing now and um, thanks again for coming on them yeah thanks for having me guys and we'll see you all next week